Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. Prisoner, have any final words? Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Now, Wes Craven brings you his greatest creation. Shocker. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic. Scott, how you doing? Am, am Little... I allowed to come on now? Yes, mm. you are allowed to come on okay. now. Okay. Just right. technical difficulties is all. It's nothing big. You know, it's technical uh, difficulties. Technical difficulties. You know, whenever we don't record for you know, a month, <laughs> we always manage to get some technical difficulties. you know what it is too? It's I just don't check all the shit on my end. For whatever reason, I just expect it to work. And it looks like uh, live stream is in rare form tonight. I'm looking at the CPU usage, and it's fluctuating anywhere from 
35% all the way to 70. So we might have a, a crash tonight. Cool. As a matter of fact, there's a new little feature that I'm noticing here. Uh, it says uh, anti-lag uh, feature enabled. Local anti-lag feature triggered. Now it says perfect streaming. And then it says something. Th there's problems tonight. So don't be surprised if my computer crashes because of live stream yet again. I, I think it might be Horace Pinker. Could be Horace. <laughs> it could be Horace Pinker. I think uh, it is Horace Pinker. I love Horace Pinker. He's like that, uh, like that lovable uncle you never knew you had. If he killed everyone, <laughs> and boy, does he kill everyone in this movie! It'd be even more lovable. Yeah. He's just, you know, a, a, he's just, you know, a TV repair guy gone bad. That's all. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it it does know, happen, especially in the waning economy. You know, uh, it's just it's, it's you know, uh, how does one eke a living out of repairing uh, old televisions without slipping into psychotic uh, mass murder frenzies? This, I mean, this is this is true. I mean, the guy knows his way around a TV, and Satanism. <laughs> and Satan, and Satan. Uh, <laughs> uh, so to start off the show properly, this is my challenge to Scott. I challenge this to him after he challenged me to guilty as charged. Now the the challenge, the way it worked this time around, was it was uh, a, th a thematic uh, challenge, but also an actor challenge. Uh, the actor Mitch Pileggi. Uh, is in this film as Horace Pinker, but he was also uh, an inmate in Guilty as Charged. Who, um, uh, and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, lead actor, what's his face? Of what? The, o the old guy from Guilty as Charged. Why is it killing Rod Steiger? Me? Rod, Rod Steiger. Steiger. Holy shit! Thank I know you. Where you going with that? Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, Rod Steiger kidnaps him. And he's basically Horace Pinker until he's ready to go to the chair. Whereas in this film, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get on with the killing. <laughs> and in Guilty as Charged, he cries like a little bitch. But in, in, he's in basically ways, Horace Pinker in both films until until he goes to the chair and Guilty as Charged. In some ways, this would be a great sequel to Guilty as Charged if it ended with his electrocution. Or you could, yeah. you know, put the two together. Right. <laughs> But I, I absolutely love Mitch Pileggi in this movie. Uh, Rewatching this film, all I can say is, ooh. <laughs> please, ooh. please elaborate, sir. Oh, 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 oh man. Uh, in the trailer, they blatantly lie, saying that this is Wes Craven's greatest uh, film. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> When I, I saw this uh, 25 years ago, uh, it's 25 years old now at this point, uh, I saw it when I was a kid, I was a teenager, I was 13 years old, I love this movie, I love the, the hair metal music, I love the movie, I loved Horace, P I loved everything about this movie, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years, and I remembered loving it even 20 years ago, and even though I still had fun watching this, holy shit, is it fucking bad? The concept alone of being able to jump through your TV for no apparent reason 
uh, it, it's just mind-boggling. Like, wow. how did that go from script to screen and everyone was okay with it? I, I have to disagree with you, sir. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You, you have to keep in mind that this is Wes Craven, the guy who invented the Dream Warriors, uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but... So the, the idea that yeah, But you that's need, different. No, it's not. Because the, the <laughs> idea that you that you need any more rationalization than... But they're dreaming. Evil person, well, what I'm saying is... Okay. All you need for rationalization is evil person, mode of transportation to kill ch- children slash people... That's your viable concept. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. There was no reason why Freddy Krueger w- should be able to become an entity that lives in the dreams of other people. No rationalization for it all. Managed to do you know a dozen sequels more or less with that concept. Hmm. Actually, less than a dozen. Uh, but it's so nine with Shocker, movies, I think. at least what close? I said I think it's close, like nine movies. Not. So you're close. Yeah. Uh, well, ten if you count Freddy versus Jason. Or are you counting that already? No, I wasn't. That's that's, so that's ten. That's, that's um, a solid that kind of counts as for both for both franchises. That counts. Jesus Christ. Um, now, at least in Shocker, Horace Pinker, we we catch him uh, performing a satanic ritual to the television set, thereby at least establishing some reason why he would be able to uh, use electricity as a form of transit once he he dies and becomes uh, you know an ethereal force. Yeah, and we find we. I, I don't know who gives him the power, but you just see uh, electricity in the air of these two lips. Uh, he's like, "Come on, give it to me!" <laughs> and the lips go, "You got it, baby. You and, got it, baby." And it's like, "All right, we got some reggae jazz uh, musician guy here. What's going on? The devil is. Uh, yeah. He loves. He loves the reggae. All right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah, he loves it. You got it, baby." <laughs> and that's the only time we get to see that guy. It's like, oh, I, I would have liked a little more of him years later, looking back at the film. You know, maybe Chorus Pinker conversing with him a little bit. I mean, he only gave him the whole fucking powers. Why not, right? Yeah. Why not? But yeah, he dismantled that TV pretty good. I did. I, <laughs> and watching the film, it's like, wow, they, they each cell gets their own television? Hmm. How convenient. <laughs> Well, and I, I think in the 90s, that was one of the big uh, arguments part of the right was, oh, you know, people in, tel- in in prison get color TV and cable and this and that. So that was actually uh, a social construct of the time period, I would argue. Right. So uh, I, I think Wes Craven was also kind of trying to make uh, a statement with this film because at the end, um, they, they, they talk a little bit about how he bought into TV and kind of alluding to that TV is evil. You know, and it's mm-hmm. one of the proponents of the film because Horace Pinker yeah. is pure evil. You know, it's like, what are you doing, Wes? Come on. You do realize this is how people are going to watch your shitty movie, right? <laughs> I, it was like half-hearted, though. I, I, I know he was, he's obviously not fully into it. And somehow he recruited a Raimi brother, which, wasn't that blasphemy in the 80s? No, Raimi's were everywhere. Yeah, but no. Well, the, wasn't the whole thing with the between the Raimis and and Wes Craven uh, during the whole Evil Dead series was that? Uh, and I remember this vividly, and I don't. Yeah, know they, if, they they had they had a they had a playful rival rivalry. Yeah, going, going back and forth. Was, yeah, but I don't think it was anything like actual hatred or you know. Oh no no no! I'm not saying that at all. I was just it was kind of interesting. I think you that are. He got a Raimi brother in the movie, and it was like ooh, because I think it was okay. I should have been more 
uh, elaborate, I guess. Because they were going back and forth be so playfully. What? You should be less elaborative. Just be vague. Be very vague, and we'll just vague? take it from there. Oh, okay, yeah. good. That's what I planned on. That's what I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, the fact that it was going back and forth, even playful, like you said, the fact that this film got a Raimi in the movie, it was like, anyone that was following the back and forth was like, ooh, look, a Raimi is in the movie. Ooh. Uh, uh, and he dies horribly. I, you know, I like the way people die in this movie too. Like the cop on the car, was I not supposed to laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Where he's on the well, car, he's like. <gasps> uh, <one laughs> I can only imagine that that was his last, uh, you know, breath sounded like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the saving graces of Shocker is that it was in that great period that we've kind of gone back to in some ways with mm -hmm. some of the more uh some of the some of the more recent um what would you say uh, homages to 80s and 90s horror right. uh and this is an 80s horror film but on the edge of 90s so i think it kind of blends into both and uh the, where the horror films were still horror films but they were self-aware enough that they weren't mocking themselves or being parodies of themselves but they were self-aware enough to realize this shit's funny too yeah <laughs> and weren't afraid to inject humor into the horror film without it being uh too uh awkwardly self-aware i mean as you got into the 90s things descended into camp and and the less with the mpaa really coming down hard on horror films they couldn't deliver the gore or the scares as much as they wanted to so they would end up doing goofy shit instead and i think shocker is a great balancing act there yeah i mean just just take uh the the scene where uh they they get horace pinker out of the cell after he gets the powers from the, the reggae jamaican guy um mm -hmm. where he bites the black guy's lip like pretty much clean off his face oh, yeah and it's like a rubber prosthetic but it's hilarious uh -huh. <laughs> and then he bites the other two guys fingers off and he's like finger looking good <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just a just a little bit of camp just enough and Mitch Pelegi pulls it off flawlessly. I mean, he and, flawlessly. And and the great thing about the the Horace Pinker character is he's kind of an embodiment of that television personality in that he has the crappy one-liners. Right. You know, that oh, he, yeah. he, he is playing to an audience. And so him becoming... A t and, I mean, we're kind of jumping the gun a bit. He doesn't become a television entity at first. At first, he just becomes a force of electricity and uses that electricity to... Uh, to possess other people. Yeah, he's because, jumping from body to body. Well, because yeah, we're all made up of energy. Yeah. Right, because the brain is electric impulses. And so, and that, that's a concept that, I, again, I think there's more, there's actually, a, you know, there's at least a scientific lead into that instead of just, yeah, he was a child molester, we burned him alive, now he's in our dreams. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think Wes, I think Wes grew a bit as a writer. He's like, okay, let's give a reason for this now. And, it, all right, obviously not a great reason, but that's what fantasy's about. Uh, but at one point, they trick Horace uh, to drive him out of the people he's possessing, and in the last-ditch effort to not d dissipate as energy, uh, he, he dives into uh, a television broadcast, which doesn't make sense because electricity doesn't transfer through, uh, wow. through the air. When, but that, again, that, that, it falls apart a bit there. But at least, you know, he, he evolves as a character. Yeah, well, to bring it back a little bit, just to bring yes. it back. Yes, he yes. Uh, he gets these powers, and he goes powers. to the electric chair. And his whole thing is he wants to be electrocuted so that he can actually transform himself 
into pure energy. Via, and, via, uh, via satanic pact with uh, a reggae singer. Yes, that's right. And in the trailer, not in the film, but they asked him, what is, you know, did he have any last words? And of course he says, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Not in the movie. In the trailer, not in the movie. In the movie, he actually talks a little bit about how he beat the shit out of uh, Peter Berg's character uh, when he because it's uh, there that's his father, and uh, he pretty much finds out right in that scene that uh, that's his kid and that's his dad. But to bring it back a little bit, moving into before after he garners this energy, favorite mm-hmm. possession. I want to talk about possessions, like when he's jumping from people to people. We were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. We probably have the same, but what was your favorite possession when he was jumping from person to person to person to person? Uh, the on. little girl. Of course. The, <laughs> the little girl. And everybody obviously has the limp. That's how you can tell. It's him. <laughs> but uh, he possesses this like six-year-old girl. and <laughs> Well, first he shoots. He goes into a cop. And then he goes into a jogger, shoots the jogger in the back first, then goes into the jogger, and then the next shot is the jogger on the ground going, help me, help me, and he's the little girl, and she basically pushes him off of her and spits on him, <laughs> and then she just runs away, and she just has this evil, like, six-year-old girl look on her. I mean, she didn't have to be possessed by Horace Pinker to have this evil look on her face. Definitely not. A lot of little girls are evil. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, but anyway, uh, then, you know, this, there isn't a lot to this movie as far as how the story progresses. There really isn't. I mean, after he's possessing people, they, they kind of try and figure out, the, I guess we should dial it back a little bit, that he just kills pretty much everyone he knows. His son, he kills everybody. Like, literally everybody. They go to, like, oh. three funerals in the movie. Anybody he knows and loves, he kills. He's just like, just totally. Well, the right. the, the the bulk of the film revolves around the fact uh, uh, that that Horace killed his girlfriend. Yeah, who's his and soulmate, and his uh, soulmate. Yeah, and he gives her a, a heart pendant, uh, like uh, she, yeah, a necklace, you know, a heart pendant, and mm-hmm. because of that, because they're soulmates, it actually attains some sort of, you know unworldly powers so to say it's to protect because, him from horace pinker because only love can defeat evil well uh yes yeah, i mean of course so because of that as long as he has this neck necklace he can pretty much you know withstand just about anything horace pinker throws at him he can he's able to jump through the television with him because of it just all of that and because she dies it it gains these, you know, these special powers. So that's that's a driving force of the plot too through the film is that he's kind of like she's almost like his guardian angel. I mean, the scene where he possesses the coach and she steps out of the bathroom all glowing and she's like you got to admit that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's like she's in the room, but it's like yeah, I can see you fine. Yeah, there's this is nothing weird. <laughs> This is uh, this is fine. Am I tripping right now? Is that what's going on? But no, it's uh, it, it's it's a fun movie as long as you take it as that. You can't take it seriously at all. 
even though it does have its elements of you know the, the human body is made of energy and you know that's what he's doing to jump from body to body yeah. and all of that but if you take it seriously you can't you have to have there, fun there, with it yeah there are there are plot devices that obviously uh, uh are at least logical enough in nature that that it gives some kind of credence to what's happening but uh you know Again, this is that transitional period where we're kind of edging away from just straight horror films and going into that kind of, uh, yeah, we're here to have fun, too. Sure. And, and I, I love Shocker. It's one of my favorite uh, films growing up. Yes. It's one of my favorite Wes Craven films. Um, the year before he did this, he did The Serpent in the Rainbow, which was w always one of those films that I... I liked more as an adult than as a kid. I think as a kid, it just kind of... I don't know. There was something about it that I just didn't like. You know? I don't know why, but as an adult, I liked it more. But this film, I always loved. And I think it, I think it's mainly because of Mitch Pileggi's performance in the film. I really do. Mm -hmm. you know? And when I saw that he was, you know, he was on X-Files and he started to become a main character, I was very happy about that because... I like Mitch Pileggi as an actor. He hasn't done much. Uh, I haven't seen him done much at all. I think he's doing uh, more TV than anything. He's not really doing the movies. Uh, the movies. What am I, 70? He's not doing movies that often uh, anymore. The you know, the moving pictures. He, you know, the, the, in the, the moving picture boxes that we have. Yeah, well, he, he's been, he's been a, a, a primarily TV actor, yeah. It Definitely. seems that way. So, this is, uh, it's an unusually long film, too. I'm surprised that it, it's nearly, you know, it's an hour and, f almost, uh, it's like an hour and 45, hour and 50 minutes. It's a long yeah, movie. Mo yeah, mo most, most horror films uh, throughout the 80s uh, into the 90s were usually a standard hour and a half. Yeah, uh, So, you've yep. got, but again, this is the point where, where Wes Craven has become a name and his name alone is selling. So, I don't know, maybe he's just playing more. And, and, and the, it, the film doesn't feel too long, I don't think. Well, uh, it moves pretty quick. I, I give the film credit for really having uh, very distinct uh, sections. Uh, I mean, he does different... It's, it's almost like he's getting, I don't know, artistic? <laughs> but, I mean... I, I mean the the film has like you, you you hit like act two and you can't shake the the feeling that i'm watching a different film now than what i was in act one when you hit act three is like okay i don't even remember what the for, what the film was when i first <laughs> like, watched it I, yeah, it's, it's like, like how did we get here the film shifts gears it really wants to put a lot of ideas in at once and it wants to, to play a lot with special effects uh in in the uh the pre-cgi world of horror oh, yeah. films you got a lot of green screen going on in this movie a lot of green screen a lot of uh, live action uh i think one of my favorite scenes as far as uh just uh, now again one of the a, a, a very visual uh visual director writer and this kind of comes it kind of comes from nightmare on elm street because he did the same thing in those two but in in shocker horace is wearing the orange jumpsuit with uh, a stripe down one side and uh, which w almost looks like a, a a test pattern on him, which comes into play obviously with the television. And as he becomes different objects, they they take on that color at some point. Right. Well, I, I mean, think my, one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when uh, the kid sits in his reclining chair, and the chair becomes Horace because it's an electric chair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
and the eyes <laughs> pop out and, and this the arms. Barca Lounger's and... gonna kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I just love Horace Pinker's character. I just I, yeah, I just love I, it, love it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Uh, especially, you know what they did especially well, I think, uh, when Horace Pinker, anytime that he was uh, transitioning from, like, say, he came out of a possession. Because uh, you would see like him like superimpose over the person, and then he'd step up and out. Uh, or when it when he was out outside of the television, like he came out, and he was always like that digital kind of staticky TV kind of um, like like his presence was all staticky like a television. Um, but then it would transition to where he would come out of that, and it would be like he's standing right there, like he was in the room. The colors that they chose for the jumpsuit, the way that they chose it, and like you said, looked like a test pattern. They, I think they did it so well, like when it transitioned out of TV static into real, like where he was real, so to say. Mm-hmm. It it went well with how the, like, I don't want to say it had great cinematography. That's not where I'm going with it. But I think the transition from static to real felt good. It felt right. You know, it, it, it didn't feel weird when they did it. It, it actually felt like, oh shit, he's not static anymore. It's this is a real problem. He's he's gonna fucking kill you. Or you felt like a threat when that happened. When he was static, you felt less of a like he was less of a problem. But when he wasn't the static TV static, it just felt like he was uh, dangerous again. You know, like he could actually do something to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing more to add to that. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining (laughs) us for (laughs) this week's movie, Sucktastic. You know what? This is the age-old saying for us. It's not age-old, but you know what I mean. It's when we like a film, it's it's harder to review. You you can't nitpick it because you like it, and if you do nitpick it, it feels like you're doing it for no reason. You know, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show that, like, wow, this is a really bad film. But because I grew up with it and I loved it so much growing up, I'm okay with that. And I could sit here and nitpick it, but I, I don't want to because I still like it. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, where I was going with that. It's it's always harder for us to 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 nitpick and just review the films that we did we do like. Um, hopefully your challenge to me is a real stinker. Uh yeah, I need sure I need her, I need, oh no. I I I have a challenge. I have a challenge in mind. Okay. Um because uh, we haven't done one of those in a while. It seems like every week we kind of like the movies we've been reviewing lately. Mm-hmm. I think that's like four or five reviews in a row. We, you know, we, we don't really, we haven't shit on a movie in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got one for you. Okay, uh, good. Uh, now, I want to talk about, obviously, we mentioned written and directed by Wes Craven. Yes. Uh, now, the lead actor, Peter Berg, is also a writer director yes in is. later he's, years he's and, and i just wanted to bring this up a bit because he um he uh i forget if he wrote and directed uh, da, 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 da. uh i mean he was involved with um he wrote and directed very bad things which i didn't care for just because it was too, the ending was too much of a moral message but everything mm. up to that was good i just didn't like the resolution that was also uh, his, his directorial debut i believe uh for film, yes, yeah, his directorial debut, film-wise, and uh, he also did The Losers, which I liked. Oh, he did do that. I haven't. I, you know what? I have. I still haven't seen it. 
Oh, you haven't seen the losers? I, I still I haven't. It. Yeah, I mean now, directing. He also did. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait, is that the one based on the comic book? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did see that. I did see that. That's the one with uh, what's his face. He was he played the comedian in Watchmen. That is correct. I did see now, that. He, I I did like that. He didn't write. Um, he didn't write this, but I, I also liked his uh, that film, The Rundown, with The Rock and. Uh, What's his name? Stifler? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, John William Scott. John William Scott. Sean, Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. Yes, I did I, like that one too. I, I still like it merely for the fact that they got West. Uh, they got um, Christopher Walken to say Oompa Loompas. <laughs> and I really have a strong feeling that, that he was put in that film specifically to say Oompa Loompas. <laughs> I'll be honest, even his film Battleship, which was fucking terrible, I find myself, when it's on, watching it. It's 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 a horrible, horrible... He didn't write it, he just directed it. It's a right. horrible movie, but <laughs> it's so well made, like, visually. That I, I told you, I, one time I was walking through the living room and it was on, halfway through, right. I had to watch the rest of it. Because not <laughs> only is it just, it's visually uh, arresting, but uh, damn, that's a great soundtrack. <laughs> you can put AS, those... you, you, yeah, you could put ACDC in uh, Fifth Element, and I'd probably watch it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Probably, possibly, possibly. <sighs> How many? But yeah, I, he he literally goes to like three funerals in this fucking movie. <laughs> it's like they're always out in the rain <laughs> at a funeral. It seems in this movie. Uh, I craziness. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see a film where a guy is trying to track down a serial killer, and the guy keeps killing his own family, so he has to stop the hunt every like every week and a half to, to go to a funeral. <laughs> you know what would have been an interesting twist on this movie? Oh, right, right uh, before they put him in the electric chair, they said, "No, we just we just converted to uh, death by injection. <laughs> We're not going to be doing the electric chair. Uh, that's uh, it's you know it's not how we do it anymore." <laughs> And he'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to get out of that one, Horace? I can't track the killer down. You know how hard it is to arrange funeral arrangements for like four different loved ones over a three-week period? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the film is, you do have those, uh, those um, 80s horror rock ballad dramatic melodramatic moments with the dead girlfriend and there's you know a lot of that stuff in there but it's light right. enough too where it doesn't become bogged down by that and those are oh, actually nice yeah. lulls in the film. like the whole the whole dream sequence uh be, be warned there's a few dream sequences in here some of those uh, oh was that a dream uh things don't panic it doesn't get that it doesn't become as bad as uh um what was that the palma film with all the flat the dream sequence Wake ups. Uh, oh, with uh, you know uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, um, raising Cain, raising raising Cain, ra raising Cain. No, yeah, there is no. Raising, yeah, no. Is, is it raising Cain? John Lithgow. John Lithgow raising Cain. Raising Cain. Okay. In the, yes. In like the, in the first ten minutes of the film, like like the, the the main character wakes up from a nightmare and then wakes up from that nightmare, then wakes up from that nightmare. It's like fuck you. After the th after the third one, you're just like fuck you. I'm not even. I'm not even paying attention anymore. As far as I'm concerned, the whole film's a dream. Fuck you. <laughs> and you know, De Palma at that point, he's just like giggling, <laughs> but and not like he's like, oh man, I'm really fucking with him. He's like, no, this is great. They're not gonna expect that third one. It's like you're right, cause you're a cunt. 
<laughs> and I gotta, uh, I mean, I, personally, I feel I feel like the Palma, and I have to take a peek. Yeah, he wrote and directed that, uh, and I would argue that as you know, again, it's Brian De Palma. I know we're getting on a sidetrack here, but I just have to mention briefly that um, I think one Brian De Palma is one of those writer directors that's a a better director than he is a writer. Oh, definitely. Oh, I mean, you know what? And a lot of directors are that way. Don't write your own shit, and you're usually fine. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Don't I mean, don't write your own shit. Like uh, perfect example, and it's only one example, but Zack Snyder wrote and directed Sucker Punch. Wow. Not his not his best. Not his best. I, Everything I, I, else, he has someone write it for him. Knocked out of the park. I think the problem with that, and I think the problem with with where Brian De Palma fails, and possibly where Wes Craven fails with things like People Under the Stairs. Is that when Zack Snyder? How does he possibly fail? <laughs> People under the stairs. Shut up. Um, <laughs> when when Zack Snyder like wrote wife. Sucker Punch, he wrote Sucker Punch as a director. Right. And when you when you get a really stylized director and they write a film, they're writing. If they write as a director, then they're they're looking at the film and not the story. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so I mean, I think I've mentioned so, on the show uh, once before. Um, just sucker punch, real quick before we we move on, is that what I would have really liked, what I enjoyed with that film, is anytime they actually weren't in this fantasy world that she concocted, you know. Oh yeah. Anytime yeah. they were outside of that, I really enjoyed that, and I think if they had a a lot more of that, where if even if they showed like that virtual world, you know that fantasy world, but they did a lot of the side by side where they showed, okay, she's in this fantasy world, but here's exactly what's really happening, you know, like that one scene where she's, uh, you know, doing that burlesque dance in the kitchen, and she comes out of it because water hits the uh, the radio, the wire, and it zaps out. So uh -huh. the whole fantasy is just now it's done. And the guy that they're trying to, uh, you know, distract, he's like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? I think if they had a lot more of that, I think that worked really well. Yeah, but, and also, Zack Snyder was really doing, he was making his claim to fame with uh, adaptations and remakes between, you know, Dawn of the Dead, 300, right. uh, then later Watchmen. So you've got all this, where he's working with source material and then be very sla slavish, slavish? Uh, Slavic towards the source material <laughs> that when he um, when he finally said you know what I'm gonna make my own source material so no no that 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 was a wash it's just it's just like Stephen King when they were adapting all his books to film and he finally got pissed off saying, ah they're ruining my stuff I'm gonna write my own screenplay yeah, and he wrote Sleepwalkers, Sleepwalkers. Oh. yeah and then he you know it he 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 has written stuff for the screen since then but right. that was like that kind of yeah, now you now now you can shut the fuck up and, and you know just if you're gonna sell the shit, shut up. <laughs> it's just right, exactly. It's like yeah, creep ah. show, creep show worked, but you weren't the only motherfucker involved. <laughs> so that's why it worked. Uh, creep show two, not so much. And, Although I still know, like creep show two. 
and I understand like his his griping like when it got to the point with Lawnmower Man where it had nothing to do with the source material. But all right, let's be fair, Stephen. You sold a source material that was a short story about a guy that eats somebody's grass and then slaughters them in their uh, their bird bath. <laughs> I don't know how you thought they were going to make a movie out of that, but even if they stay true to the source material, still going to be a shitty film. So just take the fucking money and shut up. That, yeah. You know. And uh, we're talking Lawnmower Man, right? I thought I said Is that. Oh, okay. I thought you did. I just wanted to verify. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lawnmower and, Man. Yeah. And, and they turned that into the movie's almost two and a half hours long. How the has... fuck did they do that? Seriously. No. It's like two and a half hours. I oh, remember that... reading the short story go and, and hearing that a film was coming out. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be a short movie. I expect it to be maybe, maybe 80 minutes. Like, if they can squeeze 80. 80. Two hours and like 24 minutes long, this movie. And most of the shit in that movie uh, was all, it was all CGI. It was one of like the premiere. Like you own this laser disc, okay? Yeah. You own this laser disc back in the day because the picture was amazing. The CGI was incredible. It was all like insane. There was a a, a set of DVDs that were uh, or laser discs, and then it went on to DVD called Beyond the Mind's Eye, or it was Mind's Eye and Beyond the Mind's Eye. Do you remember those? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff from Lawnmower Man, or uh, some of the scenes from Lawnmower Man, were in that set. So it was almost like they, you know, they they did it for the Beyond the Mind's Eye and Mind's Eye, um, and then they had it, they put it in the movie, or maybe it was the other way around. But I I, I get the feeling that uh, they've revolved the movie around shit from Beyond the Mind's Eye. But it, yeah, two and a half hour fucking movie. It's like, how do you do that? How do you do that? You don't. Because success successfully, you don't. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I want to say the movie cost like f- only fifty million, or it made fifty. I, I I'm vague. I'm just. I kind of blocked it out. I, I remember. Usually, I'm usually Brosnan. good with numbers. Here's Brosnan was in it, and it had something to do with virtual reality. That's all I remember. Yeah. Then his yeah. wife dies. Right, and, and it was you know back in the day when virtual. They're still trying to get virtual reality off the ground. I we can't even get into that discussion. That's like a half hour right there. Yes, it is. But you know, and Sony, they bought like this thing called Oculus Rift, which is the next supposed to be the next big thing for uh, virtual reality. And, and you know what and I think? I think you're still talking about it when we. <laughs> I'm trying to fill up some time here because I kind of think we're we're done. Well, <laughs> with the movie, let, let, let's fill up. Let's fill up time by backtracking to the movie and just just summing up and saying it's it's a decent film. Yes. Uh, if, if you like '80s horror films, it's definitely better than uh, like uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five or, or uh, Four or you know Nightmare on Elm Street. Anything beyond th- three, uh, it's definitely better than that stuff. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street four, four, Nightmare on Elm Street Four was uh, a new beginning, right? That's the worst one. Uh, yes, that was the one that's with the worst Corey Feldman. One. Yeah, that's the that's the worst early one. What? That was with Corey Feldman, part four. Five's a new beginning. Then five's the bad one. Okay, I'm thinking of five. That's where Jason's which, not which, even in it. Which one is four? Four is the one where Corey Feldman kills him. You're correct. Yeah, but, but what was five? the name of that? It was you know Friday the Thirteenth, part four. Shit. Oh, I, I for... new chapter. At world's, at world's end? No, new chapter's five. 
That's the then, one where Jason, it's not Jason. So then a new beginning is four then. No, the final chapter is four. A new beginning is five. Fine. Fine. Anyway. Didn't I say final chapter? Or new I said a new chapter. Yeah, whatever. We, you, you, whatever. It's fucking flipped it. shitty in um, movies. <laughs> so we should but, rate this movie then. That's what I was about to say. So uh, I mean uh, Now it's currently five point three on IMDB. I don't think they know what they're talking about. I don't think this is a seven, but I do I definitely think it's a it's a solid six. I would agree. You know? I would I would agree. The act, it's not like the acting's great, but it's definitely it's I, I I think this film withstands the test of time. Now, I say that knowing that it deals primarily with a growing dead technology, an increasingly oh. dead technology yes. of broadcast television. But <laughs> how it's handled and the concepts and just the, the presentation of it I think still holds up to this day. It doesn't feel like if when you're watching a 70s slasher film, they're like, oh, gee, you know, people acted like this. I mean, it, there's, it just, if they remade it, they, they, they could never, I, I don't think they could remake this because all they could do is change it from jumping through broadcast television to jumping through the internet, and there wouldn't be enough new stuff there to, to warrant it. I think the only way this film gets done again is if Mitch Pileggi reprises his role. I, I, I would I would see that in a heartbeat. I really would. Bring him back as Horace Pinker. All new script. Same fucking attitude. Come on. Do it. That's the only way they do it. That's the only way. You get Is Mitch Pelegi again. Fuck no. Dude, he's, he's like he's like almost 70. Okay. And Pee Wee Herman is doing another one. Oh, he's another 60, film. 60, and he's like 60-something. 60. Yeah, but... I mean... He, yeah. Pee Wee Herman's like 62 and he's going to be Pee Wee Herman next year. Pee Wee Herman's not killing hundreds of people. Yeah, and you know what? Mitch Pileggi, he was already prematurely bald in this film. How much different do you think it's going to be? He's always been bald. Yeah. I don't think he's ever I bet he. I bet he doesn't look much different than he does from this film. He could do Horace Pinker again, I guarantee it. I guarantee he's bald in Death Wish 4. <laughs> Back in 1987. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He went bald like at an alarming rate. <laughs> no, wait. Am I thinking of four? No, I don't like four. I'm thinking, no. of, I'm thinking of three. Three's the three? one with the... Um... It's the gangs. Yeah, the teeth. that's the one I'm thinking of. What are those? Yeah. Teeth. Teeth. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to start on a Death Wish rant. Um, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, we'll rate... I, I agree with you. Shockers, I, I don't think it's good enough to be a seven. Uh, a solid six it is. Yep. Uh, only only 9,500 votes, uh, which is about how many people voted this election. So that's not surprising. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Uh, highest rate, the highest vote, the highest number of votes is twenty is uh, five star with 20.9%. Highest demographic, males under 18, at 7.5. Go figure. Yeah, but, but sixes are, are close close second yeah 20.7 percent yeah yeah and then uh lowest demographic is females under 18 of whom only one bothered to even rate the film <laughs> everybody else is around five so yes no so so apparently your 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 uh 18 and under crowd vastly divided on the quality of this film everybody else is eh. <laughs> what do they know 
I don't know. I do, but I, I would go with yeah, solid six definitely. Should we should we talk a couple of minutes about how we might be getting sued soon? I, we're not getting sued. I don't know how you, <laughs> why you, why you say it that way. It's not. That's not, that's what that's what the letter to us said. It no, said no, the only way, the only way our video can get put back on YouTube is if the Universal we, does not pursue legal action. If they right. if if Universal they, does not contact YouTube in eight to ten business days, the video goes right. back up. But what they're saying is, if they don't, when they say they don't pursue legal action, they don't mean sue us. What they mean is just give us a formal legal document of cease and desist, saying stop trying. I, I that's I they're not going to. Have you seen in the news all of the uh, YouTube people people posting on YouTube being taken to court? No, that's not what's no, going to happen. Of, of course <laughs> not. When they say legal action, they mean actually do something. Because right now they're not doing anything. Every all of this is this is all automated. This is all one person pushing a button or nobody pushing buttons. What they're saying is at this point, if if Universal really feels strongly about stopping this, they'll they'll just give us a formal cease and desist saying, yeah, you can't post it because. And then then our only option to try to get past that would be to challenge it legally, which we wouldn't do because that yeah, that's who's why got they the do fucking it. Time, yes. Or money. I think money's the thing. I, well, I'll make we would the time. Ju- we would just defend ourselves. You, that still costs money. <laughs> not in small claims, or actually, it probably wouldn't take us to small claims. Yeah, we're not taking. They, not they would take us time, to uh, one of the small fu- claims. Yeah. Fuck us in the ass court. That's where they yeah. would take us. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, it, it, we're not going to be sued for trying to post a review of. Hey, their you movies. never know. The the the, the way oh. the, the 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 email was worded sounded like. We're going to sue you. Because what they're trying to do is intimidate you into not pursuing your legal rights. Well, I, I did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Because we don't take shit from no machines. That's right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, the the letter, or I did the, the counter on October 15th. Eight to ten business days would would be... Monday or Tuesday of next week. So we'll know soon. That would be eight to ten business days, Monday or Tuesday of next week. So hopefully we don't hear anything from anybody and the video just gets put back up because what happens is we have a we officially because we took it this far, or I should say Universal took it this far, we have a strike against us. You get three of those and our account gets taken down. But if the strike stays, we can't post anything longer than 15 minutes until April of 2015. They will have banned us for longer videos for six straight months. Right. That's what that's what kills me the most, is the fact that they, they feel the need to ban us for that long. Well, again, more intimidation. Yeah. Well, that is also true. All right, so... Can I can I guess the challenge? You got any <sighs> hints for me? Um, Do you want to change well, your mind? He, well, here here's the deal. Um, uh, I wanted to follow. We we went from death penalty to death penalty, and so I was thinking of going death we, penalty again. We were on this kick. Yeah, but now during the eighties, during like the late eighties. There was a rash of horror films involving prisoners. Okay. 
Uh, now, one of the films is was that I'm thinking of from '87 is called Prison, and it's it's about an executed prisoner who haunts a prison. <laughs> well, I don't think I've now, ever seen that. Now, I don't. Think I, I haven't. Have. I, I haven't either. But I remember it because I, I used to read Fangoria, and they're on that time frame, and uh, I, I do remember some of the pictures. This was around the same time as Horror Show came out, and okay. Shocker. Yeah, okay. there was a rash of prison-related films, but um, and it is bad film. And I, but my, my concern is that it might be hard to find. Mm. But so I'm going to kind of put that on the back burner, and I want to suggest another film that is a little loosely. Uh, linked to Shocker, except instead of a death row inmate, uh, I'm, it's going to be a prisoner who uh, is assumed dead and wreaks vengeance. And this one what? came out in 1988, so it's between prison and Shocker. Again, this whole that whole little period of let's make films about people from prison. Uh, the 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 twist being that the person from prison uh, was not originally a criminal, and it was actually framed for what they went to prison for. Oh. And before they went to prison, they were a uh, they were a cop. And then after they went to prison, they became a maniac cop. <laughs> and so I'm challenging you to the 1988 film. Maniac Cop, starring uh, the guy with the jaw and Bruce, and Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yes. Yeah. God, I haven't seen Maniac Cop in forever. Me, me neither. I haven't seen it in forever. I almost Shit. jumped the gun. I almost jumped the gun and just challenged you to Maniac Cop 3. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but but I, I, I figured... What year did prison come out? 88, you said? 88, yes. No, 87. Prison's 87. Maniac 87. Cop is 88. I'm curious if it is available. I don't I don't think it is. I think that's going to be a hard one. Yeah. Doesn't that's seem what I'm saying. Be, yeah, that's not an easy even, one to get. Even though Viggo Mortensen's in it. Oh, is he? Yeah, like a, a I, young Viggo Mortensen. Viggo! 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 Command me, Lord! <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've never seen prison. At least I don't think I have. I know I haven't. I just remember seeing. You know what? I might have, but I I definitely don't remember it. I all I remember is, uh, seeing. I I know there's like a special effect where the the uh, the executed prisoner in the electric chair keeps appearing as the prisoner in the electric chair, and I think he has barbed right. wire around him. It's wacky. Now there's uh, something from 1987 called Prison on Fire, but I don't. No. No. Okay. That's so, that, yeah. that's that's Shannon Fat Prison on Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's that's just a straight uh, prison drama. I say yeah like I knew that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, I that. know it now because yes, it's Prison on Fire, nineteen seven, Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, that's a hard one. So good choice with Maniac Cop. I well, I, I know. Oh well. All right. Should we go ahead and end this? Uh, let, let's execute it. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is uh, episode 153 of Movie Sucktastic. Let's do um, this. Yeah. Let's get on with the killing. Um, 
You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com, download all of our shows there, listen to the shows there, or you can watch the live stream when it doesn't crash my computer into flames. Uh, you can go to iTunes and you can download our shows there as well. Stop When you stop by, make sure you leave a review. Uh, you can leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can also leave us voicemail, and that's 908 514 4470. You can also go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can go to our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Or you can go uh, and do a search for us in your favorite search engine. Scott likes Google. And we'll show Google it, it as well. Uh, and finally, make sure you download the app for your Android device. It is completely free. Go into the Play Store. Do a search for Movie Sucktastic. Download that shit. You can listen to the show right from there. You can stream it. You can also do... Uh, you can go to our, our merch page. You can go to our Facebook page. Everything on the app is at... Everything that we just talked about is in the app at your fingertips. Definitely something you want to get. And it's totally free, which is also very, very cool. And that about does it. You got any words of wisdom? Mr. Nice Guy! <laughs> yeah, we'll leave Actually, it at my, that. My, my favorite song... What? No, I was going to say we'll leave it at that, but go ahead. No, and my, 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 that whole rock ballad thing that we didn't talk about. And my favorite one is, uh, You are the sword, I am the stone. No, I am the sword. <laughs> I am the sword, you are the stone. We're in ah! a world where just the strong survive. What, I will say this. When we challenged it to you, we probably did 10 or 15 minutes on just hair metal for... Because we talked about this movie, and we had to stop uh, it short. Yeah. yeah, we had to stop it short because we were basically doing a review at the end of that episode, which I believe was 152, which uh, uh, was guilty as charged, and that's when I challenged it to you. Because anyway. I am the sword, you are the stone. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye bye. You got it. You got it, baby. Hee <laughs>